back to No Truck Stops, a gymnastics podcast. My name is Avery, and today I am once again joined with Emily at Sports with M. Hey, what's up? And Ben at the Ben Royer. Glad to be here. Carlos is also here producing. That's right. Unfortunately, I'm not going to do any soundboards because it was a pain in the ass to do it last time. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is that you're still here. <laughs> so he's just here for no reason then. Um, <laughs> all As right. usual. The people said they wanted another gymnastics episode, so we're back, and we're going to recap how the Pac-12 did in regionals, then we're going to discuss upcoming finals happening this week, but first, it is the off-season for No Truck Stop, so we don't have a lot happening on the main feed, but if you actually miss our voices, we do have a lot of content happening on our Patreon. Right now, we are working our way through each Pac-12 program by discussing their relevance and debating which one of their seasons was the best in the Pac-12 era. We already talked about Oregon and Oregon State, and this Friday, April 14th, we'll be hosting a watch party for 2006 Oregon State versus number six USC. Is that right, Carlos? The birth they were of the number gra- three. Number, number three, three USC. The birth of the graveyard. Uh, that's going to be at 4.30 Pacific time on our Discord, and our Discord is free to join. So if you want access to that, just send us a DM on Twitter. But let's let's jump into gymnastics. So two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago that mm-hmm. regionals yeah, happened? Um, there was the Denver regionals, the LA regionals, Pittsburgh regionals, Norman regionals. And so I think we're just going to go through each regional and recap what went on. So Emily, do you want to recap the Denver regionals for us? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead just to the regional final, but it was the the top four teams as expected, Denver, Michigan, LSU, and Oregon State battling it out. Denver um, came out of nowhere and took the top spot in their home regional after Michigan really struggled getting landings down. They had a couple falls. Um, and eventually uh, it came down to a tiebreaker with LSU where they counted all of the uh, all, all of the scores through the whole meet because usually you get to drop one per routine. So they checked like, okay, what's who's had the most complete performance and hasn't needed to rely on that drop. And so LSU won that and moved on in a big upset. I mean, Michigan was one of my picks for the final four teams. And it's the only regional where the highest ranked team failed to qualify for nationals. Uh, Michigan, of course, will still send individual competitors to uh, all events but beam. And this led to some controversy for Jade Carey that we can get into later if we talk about the individual competition. What about the Los Angeles regionals, Ben? Well, uh, the only regional with four Pac-12 teams, which was fairly exciting. I was lucky enough to uh, be there every single event, which was awesome uh, as a Daily Bruin writer. Um, So first off, uh, Washington and Utah advanced to the regional final from their regional semifinal. Uh, For a while, it looked like it was going to be Utah and Auburn advancing, and then Auburn on their second to last rotation counted three falls on bars, which meant they had to count two falls um, for their uh, uh, full score. And that um, uh, Washington was able to stay in that second spot and uh, advance along to- al- alongside Utah to the, um, to the regional final. And then uh, UCLA and Missouri advanced in the night session. Uh, it was uh, not so fun for the Stanford Cardinal as uh, they were kind of neck and neck with Missouri all, all night long, uh, kind of reminiscent to last year. Uh, Missouri actually uh, got flagged for stepping out of bounds on floor 
although the judges conferred and decided that it wasn't enough of an out of bounds. I'm still a little foggy. What does that even mean? Who knows? Don't they just have to like step on the line? Exactly. And the gymnasts did. So uh, Stanford, you could say, got a little screwed over there, but uh, Missouri advanced on on with SEC. That's SEC bullshit right there. And then um, in the regional final, uh, Utah, from the very first moment of the of the Los Angeles regional final, Utah was firing in all cylinders, cruised to a first place finish, while UCLA on their hand really, really struggled in their first two rotations. They were down two tenths to Missouri going into third the third rotation of the night. Um, luckily for UCLA, though, that was floor, which is their calling card. That is their best event. They scored a season high 49-7 on floor, which was capped off by Jordan Child's 10. And um, while, and then later uh, on vault, Selena Harris scored her first ever 10, uh, which practically confirmed UCLA's role into the uh, internationals, advancing alongside Utah. Other perfect 10s in the region, uh, Jaden Rucker scored two 10s across the weekend on vault, while uh, Miley O'Keefe from Utah scored a 10 on beam. So a lot of fun from watching Pac-12 teams. A cool moment that I just wanted to share real quick was when Utah and Washington advanced. Uh, Both teams rallied together and were chanting back the pack really, really loudly. And then um, Jordan Childs came out and celebrated with the Washington fan base and was chanting back the pack. So it was just a kind of a cool solidarity with the West Coast teams. Yeah, that was super exciting that Washington made it to the regional finals. Obviously, they didn't advance all the way to like the finals for the whole thing, but nobody they weren't really expected to make it to the regional finals. So oh, that was not really at cool all moment for the Pac-12. Um, over in the Pittsburgh, Cal and ASU advanced advanced to the regional finals with Florida and Michigan State, where Cal comfortably took the top spot, which was kind of unexpected, but pretty cool. ASU finished last in the regional finals, so their season came to an end, but I still thought it was great that they were both in the regional finals. Other Pac-12 teams, who did, who do we not talk about? Arizona. Zona got out of their like first four meeting, but I don't yeah, they think they lost their anything. play-in. Yeah. yeah. Are they lost the play-in? No, 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 they won the play-in that they didn't do anything on the um in the right they finished last in there um, right in the regional semifinal i feel like we're missing one other team my fictional oregon gymnastics team uh no i think we have everyone here oh that was everyone okay yeah because we talked about stanford Stanford. did we we, yes yeah we talked about stanford okay and then the norman regionals there was no pac-12 teams participating in those regionals but emily's gonna recap them so we kind of know who the pac-12 is going to be facing in the finals yeah, so um, Oklahoma, we've talked about their strength before. They were hosting uh, the meet. Things seemed, you know, like a slam dunk for them. And then in the beam rotation, they ended up having two different falls, which meant they had to count one, and they had to, like, dig a little bit to win the meet. And they still scored a 198. So Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, this it just proves the strength of the team that they can have that bad of a night on one event and just post a really good score regardless and then uh kentucky just edged out ohio state to advance they were kind of neck and neck the whole the whole way down and went down to the last couple of competitors and for ohio state it was a program record score it was the highest regional score from a team that failed to qualify for nationals so that was really dramatic there in norman and then of course alabama fell to fourth evilly laughing 
all the way. <laughs> the Pac-12 kind of lucked out that they didn't have any teams in the Norman regionals. I feel like that was a scary regionals to be competing in. Oh, it would have been a bloodbath for sure. Um, like one, Oklahoma has already a scoring advantage alongside. I think you could make a case that Ohio State kind of got screwed over a little bit in Norman. Um, With a program record score. And you exactly. can exactly yeah, and it's just it, it's uh, you have to feel for for the other teams that have to compete in Norman because uh, as we talked about last time, Oklahoma was kind of robotic when it comes to how they score. They are scoring the same every single week, and um, for most gym programs, that just doesn't happen. Um, but they did show they were a little mortal. So, like there, you know, can UCLA and Utah jump Oklahoma? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Oklahoma is a reigning national champions, and they've like remained at number one almost the entire season, right? So they've kind of seen like this unbeatable Goliath, and they they still kind of seem like that, considering that they had to count a fall on Beam and still like had a very good score. Yeah, the general consensus is that from from what I've gathered, is that there's no other team that could have done that. They could have counted a fall and still scored a one nine eight that that easily. I think it was a one nine eight one. I'd have to double check. Yeah, that's a pretty comfortable score. All right, let's talk about individual results. The Pac-12 is sending a couple of individual gymnasts. Um, Oregon State and Stanford did not make it through to the team finals, but Jade Carey from Oregon State and Chloe Widner from Stanford are going to be competing in the individual finals. Um, Widner will be competing in all around, so all four events, while Carey unfortunately did not qualify for all around, but she will be competing in beam. There's a little bit of controversy that you hinted at with that, Emily. Do you want to break that down for us yeah absolutely i mean michigan the favorite to get out of, of the uh, the denver regional ended up not qualifying so uh even with a strong performance that you know was the second highest score but because of the tiebreaker and everything so they're sending a lot of their gymnasts including the all-around spot if jade carey uh if michigan advanced jade carey would have been the next in line and so in any, any normal circumstance, she would be competing for the all-around, but instead the nation's top all-arounder uh, is going to solely be competing on beam with a with, uh, the 995 score that she got in regionals. So, Yeah, that's kind of frustrating because Michigan having a bad meet not only like screwed their team over, but it also like screwed over Jade Carey. So it's like, it, I feel like it's just not fair, but... I yeah, know. I mean, what are you going to do about that? It's a complicated format because it protects like it makes sure that the best gymnasts still are in Fort Worth, even if they aren't necessarily with with their team in that way. But yeah, you do got to feel for Carrie, who did everything she could to put herself in that position and isn't there because someone else didn't didn't show up. So, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. super frustrating. I mean, it just shows that uh, how flawed the system is. I've been talking in the office with people on my beat. We were saying that like it's unfair to everyone that has put in the work in year and you know all year round. Uh, in my opinion, you should just go off the individual NQS scores um, instead of going off how they perform in the playoffs. I mean, for example, um, Boise State has a gymnast who got a ten on vault during regionals, and now uh, she's going to nationals. And she wasn't very consistent all year round, but because of that one big score, it got her there. But you know, then again, it, competing in those high pressure moments, some you know. Some can do it, some can't, and some just have one day when they're off. And um, for me to put, you know, to put all that weight on it, I, I don't love it too much. Um, 
but uh, I believe we did miss one individual from the Pac-12 that's uh, competing as well, which is uh, Hannah Scharf from Arizona State. She's going to be competing the all-around with UCLA. Um, so oh, okay. sh- she's traveling with UCLA um, uh, through the uh, through nationals. So she'll compete individually after UCLA finishes their six. Uh, uh, yeah, that's events. odd. That didn't show up in uh, didn't show up in my search. Good catch. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like, if there's a better system, I guess like everyone has different opinions on how the system should be worked out for the finals. Because I know a lot of people don't really like the tournament style for teams, even, but especially not for individuals. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Emily, of like a different way you'd like to see it going. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the team events, like a little, there, there's a lot of like, oh, you know, this is why we play the games, this is why we have the meets. With the individual, it's a little tough because it's so based on like that season, <clears throat> that season long performance. Excuse me. And, um, you know, you you can just have a rough night, especially if you're competing away from home. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the solution is. Maybe it's a separate individual competition that kind of gives them a little bit more freedom to have this many competitors because right now you know you you have six uh competitors per team per event plus the individual that's going with you so like maybe it's just a load on how many people are competing at once but maybe the solution is to have two different competitions to make sure everyone has a chance to become a national champion because if you've put in the work you should you should have the opportunity yeah i I do feel like the individual competition kind of gets tacked on to the end of team finals like it really does feel like a second thought type of thing, which does bother me. Yeah, I would like to see uh, the week after the national championship for it to be individual national championship. And because gymnastics is such a rising sport, I mean, ESPN and ABC committed today on having uh, in 2024 and 2025, they're going to host their own invitational to start seasons. Um, and LSU, UCLA, Utah, and Oklahoma are competing in the first one next year. But we just get out of Utah, man. I don't want to be competing against Utah anymore. Please. (laughs) Please. The idea of putting gymnastics on that national stage, you can do the same thing with individual and it'll be just as popular, if not more. I mean, that's what we see mainly when we get to the Olympics is people are following the journeys of the individual gymnasts, not necessarily the full team. Can I ask a question? Is it the same? This conversation makes me wonder, and, uh, you know, this is an extreme casual question, so I apologize to the gym diehards who want to hear these uh, smart folks talk. Is it the same? Like, you know, we talk about the NCAA tournament and basketball for both men and women's, more so for men because women get it, get their uh, early rounds hosted at home. Is it the same sort of thing where, like, in the NCAA men's tournament, we're talking about how it's a crapshoot, right? You can't really – you can have a gaudy regular season – but you can't fully expect that that's going to translate to a national championship or a final four championship thing because it's kind of random like that. Is that a thing in gymnastics? Is that the same or is it more like women's basketball or other tournaments where it's like the best teams are probably going most likely to get pretty far? No, it's chalk. Um, for the most I think part, it depends on individual versus team scores because with the teams you have six women all doing their scores and then it like gets averaged out so like there is some opportunity for error there like we are saying with oklahoma where they had a fall on the beam twice and one was counted but they scored so well that it really didn't affect them but like ben was saying about the i can't remember who said it but about the boise 
gymnast who scored a 10 so they're making it through that was kind of like a crapshoot they just like had an amazing performance that we haven't seen the rest of the season the only real uh upset that i can think of like that was like stunning was auburn in la regional because no one expected well i wouldn't say no one expected auburn to drop out because i i think i said that that i expected auburn to drop out but the way they did it was you know they 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 it was like it was truly a crapshoot. They had three gymnasts in a row unable to connect their bars routine, and it just that will eliminate you because when you when you're counting two drops, it, it destroys your score to the point where you can't recover. Yeah, I mean, going off of just uh, the top seeds from each of the regionals, the only people who quote unquote shouldn't be here are Denver and Kentucky. So six out of eight, like that's chalk so there there's a little bit of potential like with michigan if you have a really bad day you can you can put put yourself out of that uh elite eight but most of the time you're going to see these the team competition people advance but you're not going to see like deep runs from these teams obviously it's only like a couple of weekends but we're not going to see kentucky win the finals here like that's just not praying to happen. god right now that that does not happen <laughs> it's, it's practically if you just impossible. called it that'd be hilarious but like the odds of that happening are so slim like no you you're not going to be able to replicate that performance twice because you have to be so close to perfect to edge out teams like oklahoma missouri for example put up their season highs on two different apparatuses in the regional final against ucla and still lost so it's like with the teams that are on the that are middling you know kentucky is very good this year but when you sadly i would say they're put in the semifinal where it's harder to get out of i mean you put ucla in the semifinal with florida and cal and i feel like ucla feels a lot better with their chances um but when you're but the the semifinal where you're with arguably maybe the three best teams you could say florida is one of those teams as well but the three best teams in the nation you don't you don't want that and Kentucky's just is yeah, is odds on favor to finish fourth and it's yeah. a lot different from basketball because you're doing the exact basically the exact same thing you've been doing all season the setting is just kind of a little bit different and also there's not like that head-to-head aspect of like a matchup with another team where you, you have a weakness that that team is really able to exploit because you're not going up against each other like that you're competing separately and your scores are just compared. That was a good question, though. Let's move on from Cat Corner to uh, whatever what the next point was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk about like if there was any big surprises with the Pac-12 teams during regionals, whether that was disappointment or like really shocking in a positive way. Yeah, I think we talked about Washington uh, making the regional final was a big surprise and obviously a big point of uh, camaraderie. I'll leave uh, Ben to talk about that more if there's anything more to say, because I wanted to talk a little bit about Cal's stumble in Pittsburgh. It was a bit of a surprise, especially because um, Florida was really shaken. Uh, Their top uh, gymnast, Trinity Thomas, was injured during the uh, regional semifinal, and they were struggling the entire uh, tournament just to get in that mentality and perform without her. And so you think how that would be an opportunity for them to overtake and be the the top team there, but they still 
had a couple struggles. So I think I think that's a bit of a surprise, but they still made it. I mean, a lot in, in the top eight, the Pac-12 was or so the top eight, the Pac-12 was chalk. So I don't think there's a ton of surprises beyond that. Yeah, I have to agree with Emily here. Uh, Cal, I think, was just really you watch them and overcoming like struggles in um you know do or die meet um and they've just gotten better and better as the years gone on it's to the point where like you know if trinity thomas is not completely healthy she was training bars today so i think she might be getting there they'll probably it'll probably be you know last second call tomorrow afternoon but if if Cal is firing like they have been recently, uh, I'm not surprised if they're making it to the uh, to the national championship meet. So um, Cal, for sure, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a surprise, but it's like you expect them to take that step back at one point and they just keep on rolling. They keep on going. Um, I would say that um, Utah as well. Um, I, I'm not saying I don't think it's shocking, but like. They've been without Grace McCallum for a few months now, who is also training Bars and Bean as of this week. So that could be a huge return for an already strong Utah team. But it's their consistency. You know, you're down your best gymnast and you are still firing 198 plus scores like no one's business. So like, you know, the good teams, you expect them to be good. But with Utah and Cal, I think they've really taken the next step. You can even say for UCLA, they they put up the highest um, regional score out of any team with a 198-275 in the re- regional semifinal. And, you know, if they can do that in against Oklahoma, Utah, and Kentucky, you know, you have to outscore Oklahoma. It's not hoping that Oklahoma, you know, counts falls. You truly have to outscore them to to go in front of them. So, and it's the same thing with Utah. UCLA and Utah, um, talking to the coaches and players, they truly see it as a rivalry, even though there is a lot of camaraderie because it's not, you know, so head to head. They don't see each other as enemies, but it's fun when they're competing against each other. They strive to be better than their opponents. So, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say necessarily they're shocks, but like teams striving beyond what we've seen from them. You know, I don't think any of the Pac-12 teams have reached their peak yet. And I think that's saying something. Having three Pac-12 teams in the finals is really good. And I think the Pac-12 should be excited about that. I think that's that's tied with the SEC for the most. Yes. So that's pretty good. Y'all should have seen the way my face dropped when Ben said that uh, Grace McCallum is back with the team. Uh, <laughs> I'm she's, not prepared to face her. <laughs> she's so good. But also a part of me is scared that like her just coming back could have some consistency problems. And I was thinking uh, the same thing. Like if, if you if throw I'm her into the routine and yeah. she messes up, like that's that's scary hours. This is the same thing with uh Florida and Utah. They're both weighing this risk and reward with their two with their best gymnasts individually. Uh the thing is Utah has performed so much better without Grace. Not without her, but in comparison to Florida who like really kind of fell off the rails without Trinity. So if Trinity does not compete well or does not compete at all, then it's going to put a lot of pressure on these gymnasts who have already been under a lot of pressure. I could very easily see them as one of the top four teams in the country not advancing to the final four just because of one critical injury. Yeah. Whereas like, if you throw Grace in there and she messes up, that can just completely change how everyone else competes. Like, There's a reason... 
lineup positioning is so important. There's a reason they have anchor gymnasts. It's because the momentum can completely shift if one gymnast drops. That's like why you get multiple drops on the same event from a team that's been consistent. Someone drops, it just like messes up the whole thing because the pressure just keeps and keeps them building. So that's I don't why, know. It'll be an interesting choice for Utah. That's why I never like if I'm a gymnast, I never want to have beam being my third rotation. Because if you screw up on beam in the third, then the fourth, it's you're you're in a funk, you know. Like mm-hmm. if you have beam early, I feel like there's less pressure on it because it's not you're not thinking, oh, this is my this is the final event before we get our final score. You're not thinking that way. So if you get beam out of the way early, let's say lead off or second, you're still fresh, you're still getting ready, and I feel like you're less likely to fall. And it's you know it's all randomized at this point with lineup order. Um, I'm not completely sure what the lineup order is for this um, for these two meets coming up tomorrow, but or today if that we're recording on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's the interesting. It's it's an interesting thought. Pressure is so hard, and you know, if I'm Utah, I'm I'm truly weighing whether it's worth the risk because they have been so good without Grace, and they have beat UCLA three times. So it's it's that idea of you just have to score above UCLA, not necessarily scoring above Oklahoma. But in this case, you just have to score above one team and mm-hmm. you have to weigh that risk. Yeah. But she is like their best gymnast. So that's a hard decision to leave her on the sidelines. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's move on to the nationals. We have three schools, like I said, representing the Pac 12 in the finals um, on April th- 13th, which is the day this comes out at 12 p.m. Pacific time. California will take on. On, I just said California. I I never say that. <laughs> You've been reading college gym news. I can tell. Yeah, they all say California. Cal will take on Florida, Denver, and LSU. And then at 6 p.m. Pacific time, UCLA and Utah will face off against Oklahoma and Kentucky. Is that right? Yes. Um, right. Okay. At 6 p.m. The top two teams from each semifinal will face each other on um, Saturday, April 15th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And I really want to point that out specifically that we're not getting the four best teams from these semifinals. It's the two from each. And that's yeah. creating another piece of format controversy we can get into. But yeah, some people think it should just be like they should take the top scores. But I I do feel like who you compete with and what time it is like can affect your score. So I see the argument for both sides there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't follow gym outside of the Pac-12, so I don't know much about the teams that Cal, UCLA, and Utah are facing. We already kind of talked about this, but do you guys feel like there are any teams that are just unbeatable in the semifinals that they just like really don't have a shot at beating? I personally still think Oklahoma is unbeatable to the end. They're still my national title pick. Um, They just, the way that they have performed under pressure, even with things getting a little shaky in Norman, they still had really strong landings they still put a 198 up so i don't expect them to lose in the semifinals and in my opinion i don't expect them to lose in the finals but i think also utah might be the next most unbeatable team if that's a phrase that makes any sense um they were the only top team that just went through the entire uh went through the regional final without really having to worry they were in control from start to finish and when you see Oklahoma even having to counterfall, Florida lo- lo- losing their best gymnast, Michigan out of the entire thing, for Utah to just like cruise through that final, 
I mean, they were already a pretty scary team. They were a contender from the start. They just feel impossible to bury, you know? So that that's kind of my thoughts on unbeatable teams. Yeah, I have to agree with Emily about Oklahoma. I think you'd be silly to say they're not the national championship or like they're they're at least in the national championship and they're finishing first or second. And I'd put it 90% they're finishing first. Like it is it, to, to defeat Oklahoma this year is going to take your best meets of the season times 10. Um, but w- when you think about beatables, like, un- like th- you know, Oklahoma is the only true unbeatable I see. You go to the, the second semifinal, and I think Denver's gotten a lot of really, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to be rude, but like biased home scoring, especially in Denver. And in now when a true neutral site, more judges judging, it's a whole thing now. So um, they're going to have to, you know, I could see Cal in Florida, you know, I think Florida definitely more a little bit more than Cal if Trinity Thomas is healthy, but you know, you have your, you, you have a chance to make the national championship. And especially for a team like Cal, I think they're relishing the chance to really prove to the nation that they're one of the top teams in the nation because they've only gotten better and better. Like we've said. Um, and then I have to agree with Emily a little bit on Utah as well. If you know, it's going to take UCLA's best meet of the season, and they already had what I consider their best meet of the season during the regional uh, semifinal at UCLA. Yeah, so I guess we already kind of answered this, but there is there a realistic world where we get UCLA, Cal, and Utah in the finals? For UCLA and Utah to both be in it, they have to both defeat Oklahoma. So that's yeah. probably not going to happen. But do we think Cal's going to get in? Do we think we're going to get two Pac-12 teams? I believe so. I believe so, too. I think Florida is a little bit fraudulent, uh, especially with Thomas. In terms of how things have gone, they snap like a, a undefeated SEC streak during the season. They're down their best gymnast, and they're in the se- second semifinal. That is just a bunch of question marks. So um, think, I think Cal's pretty... I, I feel good about Cal advancing, um, but I do, you get, you got to feel for UCLA. They are probably, I would say pretty confidently, they're one of the top four teams in the country, but this format is specifically blocking them out. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree a lot there. Um, but, you know, we saw Oklahoma count a fall. And if they're scoring 198, what, 198 one with a fall, maybe UCLA and Utah can go above that, you know? It's one nine eight oh five. So just... even even more possible, you know. Um, you know now maybe Oklahoma's thinking about it too much. You know, you have that one fall, and now you're freaking out every single time you go to. You know, um, but even I could say UCLA early in the season they competed at the Super Sixteen meet, and uh, I touched on this a little bit in my uh, article for the Daily Bruin preview um, on newsstands. Quick right plug. now, I mean, you got to read it. <laughs> uh, top of the fold of the sports section, you know, see that Benjamin Royer, da- Benjamin Royer, Daily Bruin staff. Make sure to read. <laughs> also online, if you go to dailybruin.com slash sports. Um, You're going to get to the point at some point, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the Super 16 meet was that UCLA against some of the best teams in the nation, including Oklahoma. And they really held their own until the final rotation. And so... Maybe, you know, UCLA knows they can stay on pace with Oklahoma. Oklahoma eventually pulled away, you know, really, you know, they they showed their Oklahoma at the end of that first meet of the year. But, you know, maybe UCLA now has a little more confidence, but it's really hard. And 
I think it's, you know, Utah and UCLA are really the two teams brawling. It's not UCLA and Oklahoma brawling. It's not Utah and Oklahoma brawling. Kentucky, you can sit and watch. It's UCLA and Utah, and that is the story of Thursday night. I think this brings up a good question. We already talked about the risk of having um, Grace McCollum compete because she hasn't been healthy, but she might be healthy. And, you know, if we throw her in, she doesn't have the consistency. Maybe she messes up. But Utah has not won the Nationals since before I was born. Utah, a program that we consider a blue blood gymnastics program who has been in the finals consecutively for like 33 something years. You know, at this point, is it even worth it to get second place in the finals if you have no shot at winning it? Like if we look at Oklahoma and say they're unbeatable, I feel like the risk of having Grace compete is worth it because maybe she gives you the edge to actually be competing for the finals instead of that second spot. Is she does she have another year left or is this it for her? I believe she she would have an extra year if she wants it. If she wants it. Yeah, there's always the the chance that she decides she doesn't want it. But I feel like you've been Utah's been competing for second and third place for decades. What like, I would say, when are they going to make, when are they going to do what they need to do to take that top spot? As I've always said, say, Utah is the biggest losers. No, I'll sorry. Go on, go on. <laughs> like rest, you know, if you truly feel like she's not ready, rest her Thursday and have her practice uh, with the team during Thursday. See how she's landing on how she's, you know, at the end of the day, it's the dismount. So see how the dismounted is on bars. See how, is she getting a handstand on, on, on bars? Is she, you know, is she getting fully 90 degrees we have to you you have to know these things before you throw her out there so mm-hmm. if you truly feel like she's not ready you can't let her go out on thursday yeah. but if you get to that final on saturday and you think grace mccallum can get you that you know inches away from the national title or or the national title i i, I can't see you not you know at the end yeah. of the day you have to trust the rest of your gymnasts to hit their for hit their routines if grace can't get it to you you have to trust your other five and I think Utah, you know, if you get to that final on Saturday, you have to trust her. How how close to the meet can you decide to put Grace in? Like how within the meet, really? They can change. Yeah, you it? can change lineups up until up until it starts. Okay. Up until the rotation starts. Okay, but we, it we could might, be a last. We need decision. to be seeing that, Tom, see, if Coach you don't Tom. See, if you don't do see something. Grace McCallum in the look, lineups before the meet starts, I would keep an eye on Bars and Beam because you truly never know. He's yeah. going to push somebody like off the floor and be like, I'm going instead. Yeah, no, but it's my turn. <laughs> that would be crazy, especially with how like deep Utah has been. It's it truly is like there's not of a, a gymnast that's falling behind. That's like such an easy swap. Like they have been a consistent team. Even their gymnasts that haven't been doing as well are still very solid. So I'm really interested to see if that happens. I hope it does. I need some risk from Utah. All right. Um, before we get out of here, what what are you guys most looking forward to for finals? Uh, personally, I'm looking forward to watching my favorite gymnast, KJ Johnson, return from injury for LSU in her hometown of Dallas, Texas. Uh, and I mean, this, this Tigers team, which I... I um, I have my own thoughts on that, but in terms of, I'll, I'll get to the things that include the Pac-12 teams first. Uh, that first semifinal is just so intriguing. I talked about um, in the last show about how I like intrigue in gymnastics, and you've got the number number two or three team in the country missing their best gymnast. You've got this kind of rock steady um, 
Cal team that's probably going to advance. So it leaves you between like who's going to step up? Is it Florida's um, secondaries? Is it LSU um, or is it Denver? I mean, Denver. I, we talked about being unlikely, but who knows? They're already here. They're trying to make a, a stance. I think that first semifinal is just going to be so interesting compared to the other one as we talked about is kind of it's oklahoma and it's probably utah that seems it's it's a little boring it's worth watching for the quality gymnastics seeing who's advancing out of the individual competition everything like that but if you're in there for intrigue and seeing who beats who that first semifinals got everything you need and then i would say uh I'm, i'm just keeping an eye on the ucla versus utah uh you know matchup i'm looking at as you know yes it's a quad meet there's four teams going but it's truly about those two teams on espn plus if you have them you can watch feeds of the exact like rotations that ucla and utah are on without having to watch the live you know national feed where they're only showing you some of the routines so make sure to keep an eye on ucla and utah's individual feeds um you know it's truly going to be fun no matter what happens i mean you know this is the peak of gymnastics and you know, you have to watch them go. Um, you're not going to see Jordan Childs maybe pass this year in NCAA gymnastics. So you need to watch her last meets. She's going to be training for Paris Olympics and who knows after that, after Paris, what's going to be going on. So, you know, make sure to watch, you know, let college gymnastics shine on this big stage ESPN two. you know, tune in. Yeah. It's an ABC for the final. It's exactly. been upgraded from ESPN Plus, so you can actually watch it if you have ESP, ESPN and a- ABC. So make sure you watch it. Um, anything else before we we finish this up? Um, I think I got I got a, oh, an apology to my LSU Tigers. I didn't believe in them. They proved a lot of people wrong in Denver. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've got them in my four on the floor picks along with Utah, Cal, and my pick for national champion, Oklahoma. So what are your final picks, Ben? I think I've got Florida, Cal, uh, Oklahoma and UCLA. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say UCLA has got the chance. If, if they're firing on vault, like they have been recently, I can, I can see them doing it. Like the reason why they scored below Utah was because of poor beam rotation. And they just have not been having that recently. So if they can fire on beam and vault, I think it's certainly possible. But, you know, maybe that's just the optimist in me. It's always more fun when the team you're covering is doing well. I really hope that Utah and UCLA find a way to outscore Oklahoma. It's not likely that they finish in third. But if it happened, that would make for probably one of the most exciting finals in a really, really, really long time. So I'm just here for the Kentucky downfall. (laughs) all right well thank you for joining us today i appreciate you guys um bringing your knowledge to no truck stops um if you want to hear more of us head over to notruckstops.com for our patreon and don't forget to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts we really appreciate it i'm avery at brave grapes that's ben at the ben royer that's emily at sports with m and Carlos is somewhere at Equity Bruin. Thank you so much for listening. And always remember, there are no truck stops here. And always remember, the beam cap isn't part of the beam. <laughs> Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd falls in. The coffee's kicking in my patience. So everything said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street.